So can we back up now? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. How do you date an inmate? Okay, so um, well, I I honestly I don't know because I never have. So this is all speculation. Um, you're listening to let me tell you why you're wrong. Welcome to episode 189 of the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. I'm your host this week, Jessica Slodgy. Joining me because Dave is gone is Matt Lowe. Hey, how you doing? Good, Matt. How are you? I'm good. How's your week been? How have you been? Well, not just your week, but since you've, your last two months, I guess, since you were last on the show. <laughs> Man, I, I've been busy with work and at the same time not. Um, you know, I think we were talking the other day, like I have these weird swings where I'll, I'm, I'm bored as crap for seven or eight days in a row and then things catch on fire and I've suddenly got a whole bunch of stuff that I have to deal with all at once. So it's, it's, it's been like that. We just, uh, just got back from vacation with the family. We went down to, uh, the space coast down in Cape Canaveral. Nice. Was it still warm? And it's hunting season. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was like ninety degrees, and uh, it was really humid, which was odd for being right on the coast. Um, because the I guess the air was fairly still. Mm-hmm. No sea breeze, um, unless you, unless yeah, unless you were like right out on the beach. Um, and but no, it was it was nice. It you know it's typical Florida stuff. Rained a little bit every day in the afternoon, and um. But the resort that we stayed at has this, um, like, a big water park with water slides and these lazy rivers and stuff. And my kids just love it. And, you know, the little area where we sit and watch them has a bar right there. I (laughs) love that. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it worked out well for everyone. That's good. It's nice. That'll get you through. What have you been up to? Well, what have I been up to? Mm, Just work. Last week was crazy. Last two weeks have been crazy just with court things. And we're going to talk one about one of the stories, but it's the same as you where it's like one week is nuts. And then the next week I'm like Googling things and trying to find news. And then, <laughs> then I'm behind again and I'm like, okay, how did this? And it's not bad time management because I know it's all coming. It's just like some of it I can't write about till it happens, obviously, because I don't know. There's only so much I can do to prepare, but right. But yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with me on my on on my projects at work. It's it's just whenever they get ready and it comes in spurts, and the things that I know and can foresee, I take care of those things way ahead of time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, but Dave would have some like super segue to our first icebreaker but i don't so i'm just gonna roll with the title (laughs) (laughs) which is probably smart ass too (laughs) right exactly (laughs) um about it's about it was on the center square first but i it was also on the georgia virtue for anyone who is a follower they may have seen the story but um it talked about this this the debt we owe as state taxpayers which it was this like tax accountability, truth and accounting report based on 
um, you know, how states fared through the pandemic and how they're handling um, federal stimulus funds and all this. And it said that we had $3,500 a person. And I was like, well, it's not that bad. Because it's like when you talk about the federal government. So is it per person or per taxpayer? Per taxpayer. Because what is it? Like half don't pay taxes at all. Correct. Last year, Dave and I talked about this a few shows ago, but last year was like the lowest number of taxpayers ever. We were we it, we had finally dropped below that 50% threshold of Americans paying taxes. But they said it was supposed to tick back up after the pandemic. I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. Right. <laughs> sure it will. Yeah. But I mean, $3500, <laughs> that's based on like you know, the bonds that our state has taken out and um like what the state owes for unfunded retirement obligations. And I, I mean, $3,500. Really yeah. Much. It doesn't seem like that much until you were, there's what, 8 million people in the state. No, almost 11, I think, or 10 million. Oh. Right, so 5 million times 3,500. I mean, that's a lot of money. It's $228,999 for the federal government per taxpayer. Per citizen, it's eighty six thousand. That's actually that's only seventeen billion dollars. For citizens or taxpayers? Well, the the five million times thirty five hundred. Oh, oh, oh! I'm like, <clears throat> what are you talking about? Um, because I was like, I think we're in the trillions now, but. <laughs> <laughs> but no. No, no, just just for Georgia. Yeah, and we ranked twenty third in the nation, which isn't even. I mean. I feel so we do map Mondays and we did them. I've I, we've been doing them for years, like in writing in general, and it always ranks the states on different things, whether it's like the like retirement for seniors or living which state's best for military or all these different things. And I swear to goodness, Georgia is always between number 22 and number 27. Like we, we're just mediocre at everything, right? But. Whatever. It's funny. I, I look at a bunch of, of lists like that that where they do that. And you know what consistently ranks in like the top five? Hmm. South Dakota. Well, and that's like across the board, like like people that are happiest in general with their life, retirement plans, mental health access, healthcare access, like all kinds of things. South Dakota is somewhere between one and five. It's probably rooted in the fact that they don't have neighbors. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like you don't have to see as many people. You don't have to deal with as many people. Because I'm happier down here than I was in Atlanta. With all the traffic and neighbors and everything. Right. But I want to be out west. We know that. We do. <laughs> I could do. I could do South Dakota, but it'd have to be like the western side of South Dakota. Have you ever been to South Dakota? I haven't. So I've driven it from from. Uh, West to east. Um, a couple years ago when we were coming back from an elk hunt in Idaho, we specifically routed our way north because going to Idaho, we drove across Nebraska. And if you've never been there, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they call that a flyover state. But it was like it was just long and straight and there was nothing there until right at the end. You know, it's like, oh, look, there's trees and a hill. Oh, and we're in Wyoming now. Um, 
so, but coming back, we, we specifically routed around, uh, and came through Montana and then South Dakota. And it really, once you hit the Eastern half of, of South Dakota, it wasn't any better. It was wheat fields and oil, and oil pumps. So, cool. Which is way off topic from your Georgia's debt burden. Well, that's okay. You can, <laughs> we'll take that in, you know, into land management and hunting and everything and talk about why your beloved agency is trying to stomp on people's constitutional rights. <laughs> yeah, moderating their social media content. So I, 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 I got their press release about that because I've, I've been signed up for, DNR's press releases and um, like the Agricultural Commission and those uh, just kind of keep tabs on those because they do a lot of things that matter to me. And so I got the press release and it's all titled, you know, DNR is going to moder- start moderating social media content. and But it it said nothing like it didn't. It didn't. It, it didn't even explain like what they were trying to moderate. So it, it was a really odd press release. And I got it a few times because I'm signed up for various uh, emails through. Sure. They have different divisions through and the, stuff. And- right. Yeah. And so every division that I'm signed up for sent me the the email. But it, like it, it just didn't say anything. I'm like, great. They're going to moderate their social media content. How? So they are <laughs> trying to do damage control because if you have to preemptively explain like why you're doing this, you, you got, you got problems. But so a lot of government agencies limit profanity, which I don't think the courts have decided if, um, you know, if, if you can say the F word or ass or whatever on a government website and they can say, no, I mean, if it if it falls into the thing about how you can say the f word but you can't say it when there's kids around, like I I just don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to speculate on that. But the the agency also wants to remove comments that aren't related to the topic of social media post. Okay, well that's like totally not okay because who decides if it's not related and how much how related does it have to be? Like that's the entire premise of the underlying Supreme Court ruling, which is the one that we've cited oh so many times about elected officials who cannot limit speech on their official pages, Van Johnson. Right. Because it's you know, then you're limiting the public forum and there's no reason for it. If they post something about, you know, the game warden seizing doves from people who baited a field and I want to use that opportunity to tell them that I don't like how they're handling the state's alligators. I, sh- I have a right to say- to do that. Right. And if I want to tell them their hat's ugly, I can do that too. I wonder though, if it's not like if, if it won't be a little more benign than that, I don't know how much you hang out on the DNR Facebook page. Every hour of I'm, every day. So I'm on it a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you know, there'll be 7,000 comments and there's always some jackass there that's posting links to his Etsy store or, or weight loss or whatever their, you know, new juice sure. thing is that they're selling. And I'm, I'm wondering if they're really just looking to squash some of that Okay, but- because I like, I kind of agree that, that you shouldn't be moderating posts that aren't necessarily 
in line with the subject matter of the original post because you get it, you know, and, and it happens on your articles where someone will comment. And then if you follow that conversation down, by the time you get done, you're not talking about anything that had to do with your article, but there is a whole different, like it's a whole subset of some issue that's being mm-hmm. talked about there. And it's important. It may be important. It may not, but who are they to say that it is or isn't? Right, yeah. And, right. and, you know, if it happens on a business page or something, of course, a, you know, anybody else or an individual, they have the right to remove that because it's their page. But when you're talking about the other thing, and this is something that I run into more often when is that they're not supposed to delete comments because they're part of they, they they're supposed to be archived under the Georgia records law for five years. So if you start deleting stuff. Are you going to keep a log of all of that? You know, damn well, they're not right. And, you know, so her, the deputy counsel for um, DNR put out a statement and said, people get concerned about the First Amendment. What we are doing is specifically allowed by the First Amendment. All we're trying to do is keep social media posts on topic and ask that people not use profanity. Okay, you stupid woman. That is not allowed by the First Amendment. It's not in the anywhere in the first amendment and profanity is like literally protected under the first amendment. So (laughs) I mean, it's supposed to be broadly interpreted for a reason. Right. I guess I just like the way that I, people would probably see this story and be like, what's the big deal? I don't want to see cursing on social media. And I get that. But in the reverse, the question should be, why is DNR so worried about it? Why are they so worried about their social media? What are, you know, do they, are they worried about, you know, that when they post something about the hunting regulations, that someone's going to bring up the fact that one of their top, you know, executives in their agency had a serious injury DUI case and, and never, never missed a day of work or i mean are they are they worried about stuff people commenting about like real issues going on in the agency or are they just worried about profanity <laughs> right i'm so weird when it comes to profanity man because like i say the f word so much that i forget that some people are offended by it so <laughs> i and it's okay sorry, but what happens a- if they have two people who are in charge of social media and one of them is offended by maybe not the F word, but one word or thinks like it's just so unnecessary. And I don't I don't want to pay somebody with tax dollars to limit other people's comments on social media. And you know what it is? Here's what it is. There's some there's some person within DNR that owes a legislator or some other government official a favor and. And and that person's got a kid that needs a job, and he wants to be a, a social media guy. So they're they've cr- they've done this so that they can create a position that specifically moderates the social media. There you go. There's my there's my conspiracy theory on it. Yeah, I mean that's a black helicopter that fi- flies pretty low because that does happen all the time. But <laughs> you know the irony is that they don't want comments about things that are not related to the topic. But literally right now, like on a lot of their posts, people are commenting about their proposed policy that is not the subject of the post. So, bravo. Right. I and you know I have a an issue with their with their new um, stuff that came out this year. In fact, I 
I asked you to submit an ORR on it. Yeah, I may be a little miffed. I may be, I mean, I, I, everything I said about the archives and records and, you know, the subjectivity, but I'm, I'm a little put out with them because they play whack-a-mole with their, their open records and you send them something. They're like, I never received it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. You're right. I just, you know, it's just out in the middle of email space, just waiting along with all the emails you sent to the city of Dallas. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Which will never get answered because that mayor is gone. Yeah, he ran for Senate, right? Yeah, got got beat. That's a shame. By a school board guy. Well, but no, DNR, I mean, they're not looking too good right now. So they are anti-transparency and they're anti-public feedback. So go sit in the corner. Right. <laughs> you know who's on the uh, DNR board now, don't you? Who? Nick Ayers. Does that name sound familiar? Yeah, to the ding dong that worked for Trump. Yeah, the, he was uh, Mike Pence's chief of staff. That's kind of a demotion, huh? Well, you know, he he left when there was some talk about him being uh, that Trump was going to tap him for chief chief of staff, and he was like, "Nah," and he left DC altogether. He came here, and he's on the DNR board now. I mean, he's already, whatever else he does, I mean, he's, he he doesn't need whatever Yeah, I'm assuming that's just like an that. appointment where you serve like every so often for annual or like monthly meetings or bi-month, something like that. Yeah, they meet once a month. They they vote on the, on various things and. The hunting regulations. That has to do with, yeah, yep. Yeah. The permit you pay which was, so you which can was, feed your family. Which was my issue. Do what? I said the fee you pay so you can hunt things the Lord put on this earth to feed your family. Right. Mm-hmm. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> now, you do know you don't have to buy a license if you're hunting on your own land, right? Sure. The, the license fee is is access to public land. Right, because... <laughs> the land I already pay for with my $3,500 in debt every year. <laughs> so, one of the things that... that and I'm going to circle back to that, actually, is there was... I read something somewhere that said that states were not allowed to operate with a deficit like they all have balanced budget amendments and things like that that they run by does georgia not have that we have a balanced budget amendment um because schaefer was that was one of the things he pushed back in like right after the republicans took Maybe not right after, but he in the last 10 years or so, he he pushed the balanced budget amendment because we did not have one. So, I mean, it's a fairly new concept for Georgia. But I think that like our our budget is balanced, but the debt is tied to bonds, which they don't factor in in the budget because that's how government 
calculates like it's like they don't factor <laughs> in their works. credit card debt like it's like <laughs> it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard of like <laughs> okay sure i mean they, they this doesn't count <laughs> exactly <laughs> i actually had a um i think it was the mcintosh county sheriff's office i filed an open records request one time with them well like 15 times with them before i actually got it but they finally sent me their accounting documents which were not even um, like a spreadsheet. It was just columns and a Word doc that they had listed. And they used a pen to write. Th- like it was supposed to be like all their expenses from January to December for two years. And they just crossed out with Sharpie like 15 light items and said, don't use this. Ignore this. I'm like, no, you don't understand the point of the request. Like, um, you know, I just, and the attorney is the one that sent it to me. Um, but that's kind of how Georgia does their budgeting. They're like, just ignore this. So, but I would like to do my, I think I'd like to do loan applications that way. Sure. Or your taxes, like ignore this. sure Uh, speaking of money that people just have to burn um did you see that PETA's offering a reward for some turtles that were stolen no i did not in john's creek i guess um there were five turtles in a little enclosure at a park at um it's actually where I was a Girl Scout, had all my Girl Scout meetings growing up at Autry Mill Park Nature Preserve. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like the coolest place ever because they had all these little tiny cabins um, and everything. It was a really neat place, but I, other than the cookies, I really wasn't a very good Girl Scout. But um, <laughs> I mean, I could sell some cookies. Let me tell you, I I got all the prizes and beat everyone, but um Every year, but I was not a good Girl Scout. But anyway, the turtles were stolen. Um, and their PETA's put out a, a bolo and a, a reward offered because they said they can't survive in the wild, which I understand. But like $5,000 leading to information in return of the of the five turtles that were they said they were um, video showed them being taken by teenagers. Like they're probably they're probably gone if they were taken by teenagers. Right. Yeah, they. Tossed them in the, to, into the closest lake. Yeah. Jerks. They're box turtles, those little ones. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of... I think that kind of falls within PETA's wheelhouse, maybe. Though I have my own issues with PETA in general. Um, yeah. You know, like their their build is this animal rights mega thing, but they really just... It's just a marketing thing. You know, if you if you go look at like the kill shell the sorry, the animal shelters that they own, like eighty nine percent of the animals don't make it out of there. Like they kill a bunch of them. Okay, well they lost is, all their credibility with me when they had Lady Gaga be their spe- spokesperson and then she showed up to an award show dressed in meat. <laughs> like she made an outfit out of raw meat. Right. So meat's murder. Right. So, which is it, Peta? So, I've got a fun turtle story. Oh, well, it's, it doesn't have to do with these turtles. Well, tell us. But it's turtle time. Go ahead. So, last week when we were on vacation, 
we went out walking on the beach one night and found a uh, loggerhead turtle nest that they had staked off. Mm -hmm. And the next morning, my six-year-old wanted to get up early and go look for seashells. So I got her up at like 6.30 and we went down to the beach, just me and her. And we got down to the area near where that uh, nest had been flagged off. And somebody rolls up in a four-wheeler and starts poking around in it. And I was like, let's go see what she's doing. And Ava was like, okay, dad. (laughs) So we walked over there and the lady's got like this sea turtle shirt on and stuff. So I was, and she's, she was older. She was probably in her late sixties or early seventies. And, uh, so I was asking some questions about it and she's like, well, she said, I found this nest and I was relatively certain it was a nest, but it's 10 miles North of the farthest Northern nest that we know of. So I was a little unsure if it was actually a nest, but, um, you know, we watched it and the time, the amount of time has passed for the turtles to have hatched. And we haven't seen any evidence of that. So I'm here to dig it up to figure out what happened. So she starts poking around with a stick in the sand and the sticks going down, you know, four, six inches. So like that. And she's like, I can't find it. I don't know where it's at. And then all of a sudden that stick like sunk into the sand, like 18 inches. She's like, Oh, there it is. And so she pokes till she finds the edges and then puts on gloves and starts digging it up. And she digs it up and starts finding all of the eggs. And uh, there were 93 eggs in it. Oh, my gosh. 80 80 of them had hatched. And they assume made it to the ocean. And then there were uh, uh, seven that had partially hatched. Mm -hmm. But the little turtle bodies were still there. Oh. And then six that hadn't hatched at all. And so she, like she, she called it a, a nest inventory, and so she was writing down all kinds of information about it and stuff. It was really cool and really neat to watch. I bet. Um, and so I found that that's a very middle of the road nest size that they have. They typically have anywhere between seventy and one hundred and forty eggs, and the turtle may lay, you know, three or four nests and she'll do some closer to the water and some further away and whatever because tide and everything but where we were was right at the mouth of the port if you've ever been to port canaveral you know we were we were right on the south side of that and um you know so then you've got all the rocket launching stations just north of there and so I was asking, I was like, you know, so like, what's the, the predators do? Like, what's your, your biggest predator of, of these nests? And she's like, around here, coyotes. She said that the nest that was nearly underneath the Cocoa Beach Pier was ransacked by coyotes. On the beach? On the beach. That's a, I mean, that blows my mind. I was a little shocked at that too, because you know, like I realized that like a coyote, they'll they're a very adaptive creature and they'll go everywhere. But I didn't realize that they were there. But apparently they are because of the big there's a big giant um, 
Mare Island uh, National Wildlife Refuge is there, which was a a big chunk of land that the government made NASA purchase and set aside as a wildlife refuge to offset all of the stuff that they did with their launch pads and everything. But yeah, coyotes. And she said it's because they can sniff them out that like raccoons, you know, if they see the turtles as they're hatching, they'll get them. Or if they watch the, the mother turtle laying the eggs, they'll pluck them off as they come out of the chute. Hmm. But coyotes but it was neat yeah that is neat. My, my, and my six-year-old thought it was super cool for sure but i would have never she guessed did. coyotes ever not, me neither not in a hundred years i i thought for sure like raccoons and we had uh we saw an armadillo as we were walking to the beach that morning what and i thought yeah yeah like nearly stepped on because you know now they they've got the area kind of between the the beach and the hotels that's all protected. So they put these boardwalks in and they let everything else kind of grow up on the sand dunes. But yeah, there was a, we were in a T of the boardwalk and I heard something. So I stopped and looked underneath all of the plants that were there and I saw the armadillo coming. I'm like, Ava, look at this. She thought it was the coolest thing she'd ever seen. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> she was like, it looks like a possum, but different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Like possum with a shell. <laughs> oh, I bet that made her outdoorsy to, dad so proud. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to tell everyone else about it when we got back to our room. And she's like, we saw a dilla. <laughs> and they're like, a what? And I'm like, we saw an armadillo. She's like, yeah, that, a dilla. <laughs> nice. Well, I wanted to um, give you some opportunity to talk about your favorite Two people, Donald Trump and Brian Kemp. Mm. <laughs> because, you, well, it's been, it'll, by the time the show drops, it will have been a week and a couple days. But Trump was in Georgia two weekends ago. And basically, I mean, he may have, I, he, of course, he was saying it. He was just slamming Kemp. And, and you have your own reasons for disliking Kemp, and they're understandable. But he was, mouthing off and suggested that Stacey Abrams may want to take his place and she might do a better job. And we were talking about this in a phone call, I guess last week. And I mean, you, you agree with him. I I do. <clears throat> I, I have some very personal reasons um, for, and I think we've talked a little bit about some of it before but um well i mean the if if someone hasn't listened the 30 or the 10 second elevator speech is that you asked your family went to kemp to have him help with assist with a process that only the governor's authorized to do and instead of saying yes or no he just did nothing ever right yeah he sat on it for two years and until it became like like it literally like there's three of my kids lives that are flat ruined because of it right so i have a whole lot of uh uh, animosity maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) towards 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 kemp um so yeah i mean and and you know we talked about a little bit i i don't know that i would mind seeing a democratic governor well that's why 
I kind of I wanted to bring this up because you think it would be good to have a Democrat governor and a Republican House and Senate. Correct. Yeah, like was you know, like in my own county, uh, several years ago, I voted for the the commission chairman that was not the favorite of the rest of the board, simply because I wanted that tension. Like, I don't want things passing and getting signed without a lot of discussion about it. You know what I mean? Well, and I think, yeah, I think if 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 we have a if we have a, I think the Republicans in the House and the Senate will start acting like Republicans are supposed to, if they have a Democrat sitting in the in the governor's office. Well, and we'd finally be able to get rid of the floor leaders, the governor's floor leaders, because, I mean, that's just not gonna if, if there if there's a separation and, but in the era of a pandemic, I mean. A Democrat governor? I'd rather have a Republican governor and, I mean, I'd rather have principled people, of course, like people who are independent thinkers. And can, But if I had to choose between the two parties, I think I'd rather have a Republican governor because it seems like we continue to go through this. We continue to empower people at the county and state and federal government to do more through executive order and then do nothing when they do and say what you want about Kemp and everything else. I mean, there's things he's done that I don't agree with. But when he was given the keys to the castle during COVID and the height of it and he had all the power that was unchecked by everyone, he did very little. Right. And I appreciate that immensely because look at other states like they're freaking clusters so right I'm, my dad is in oregon right now and they're full-on enforcing mask mandates still and meanwhile like, like we've had football games here where not a single person in the stands is wearing a mask right yeah i mean like I said we just went to florida <clears throat> back in july i went to vegas you know where i'm largely you know what that you know what the pandemic did for me it made me very busy like i'm i'm probably one of a handful of people who actually made more money Mm -hmm. during the shutdowns because you in funeral homes (laughs) right (laughs) so i you know it's the the whole thing was largely unaffected me even when i had covid it was like it 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 really was a 24 hour cold for me in fact it was that way for my whole family except for my father-in-law uh who went icu for about five days and came home but it i don't know it, it, i i agree that i am with you that I'm thankful that he did do very little. Yeah. Um, when no one was and she, she would, she would try to do a whole bunch. Um, but then I think though, that that's when you're going to see the, the house and the Senate step in and start acting like Republicans should. I, I, I agree. I mean, I agree, but 
I mean, it's the same thing of what we're seeing with Republicans in D.C. right now. I mean, some of them are acting like they're freaking Ron Paul up there, or they in their own minds, of course. But right. <laughs> but I guess like you know, Trump is this like lightning rod for so many people, and in, in, in the GOP and Democrats. I mean, they've used him as like this this monster, and I just find it like over the last week, I found it really entertaining that um, a lot of Democrats are like sharing the article and being like, oh, well, see, everybody, Stacey's better than Kemp. And I'm like, you do realize that the guy you hate is in is like saying your candidate's good and, and you're not like, you're okay with that now? <laughs> right. Because when he endorsed <laughs> Kemp before, it was like, that's what they talked about the entire time when he was running against I mean, it's just people are hypocrites and I hate it. Right. And, you know, I don't know, man. I like I don't. I don't hate Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Like I is, you know, I think he's kind of douchey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also think that is I think he probably has like a really dry sense of humor that doesn't come across that well in um, TV interviews or when he's on, you know, doing pressers or whatever. And I think that probably gets him a little bit. Um, I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I just, I dislike them all. They all suck for various reasons. It's just, we're we're stuck in this loop now of of who sucks less in the moment, <laughs> and then you know, it's like you said, all the Republicans up on Capitol Hill right now, they're you know they're beating the freedom drum. It's like, well, where the hell were you four years ago? That's the shirt I'm going to wear to the polls. Who sucks less in the moment? <laughs> <laughs> That's who's getting my vote. <laughs> um, this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Um, and this week, if you have any complaints, you can send them to Dave. <laughs> Dave at DrCool.com. Yeah. <laughs> Or you can contact him by group text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Hold on. Let me get his number. <laughs> oh, Man, you know what's funny about that? Like, that, the group text that he was complaining about weren't even started by me. <laughs> yeah, but it's so easy for him to dunk on you. Yeah, I know. No, but I, I am guilty of it. Um Several years ago when I was getting a new cell phone, like I was sent out these massive, you know, like I had as many people on the text messages I could, <laughs> as it allowed. Hey, getting a new number here. And I would say things like, do not reply to this because everybody else on this text message does not want to hear you ask how my day is going or whatever. Right. But it never failed. You know, there's always some dumbass. Or that- someone says, got it, thanks. And now, every, you know, like it's just. I don't know. And you know you can But now I go ahead. Now I'm gonna start a bunch of uh, of group texts <laughs> with Dave on it just for <laughs> and giggles. <laughs> I agree. Punishment. Um so 
there was a really crazy story last week in Tattanoe County um, that I was covering in court with the GBI. And as much as I have hated on them over the last 13 months, I have to give them a little bit of credit for this because what they have uncovered is just insane. So in January, um, this 88-year-old man was killed in the city of or in Glenville and um he was it was like the middle of the night old white man like upstanding guy in the community family that's been around for generations that all still live here and he was like multiple gunshot wounds just and tragic like of course i mean it's, we've had these types of conversations it's sad when everybody anytime anybody dies but like when a lot, most people have a sensitive spot for <clears throat> older people and it also is one of right. those things where like he was just a really good and wholesome person so you're thinking like was this a robbery gone wrong or you know what would be the incentive to try to or to to, to for this to happen like what caused this so that happened in january and um i have a nerdy um best friend and we talk about court cases all the time and we we would like routinely like one every other week be like gosh i can't believe there's nothing on that glenville murder and Finally, um, in July, there were three arrests made. A, a gentleman, well, I think not definitely not a gentleman, a guy named Chris Sumlin, a female named Ariel Murphy, and another female named Keisha Jones. So they're all arrested, and we're like, wow, okay, like three people. I, I, I just like, it, it still had a lot of questions. So then we find out right. that a fourth person was arrested or charged, and he was somebody who was already in prison in Tattano County. So I go to court. That was in um, end of July and in early August. So still, like, we're still, you know, the nerds are still trying to speculate what happened. I go to the preliminary hearing on Wednesday, and the GBI agent is testifying that basically the two girls lived together, and one of them was dating a um, inmate in the prison, I guess, however you date. Inmates. How do you date an inmate? You know, it's it's really just hold that thought because I'm going to get to it. But it, it um, so she she was in a relationship with this inmate, and then the 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 guy who was there was charged with them was a former inmate of the same prison. So you know, I'm taking notes and I'm scribbling as fast as I can, and there's only like two other uh, reporters there, and everyone else is lawyers and cops and. They say that, you know, they start, they found a camo COVID mask in the street and they um, ran DNA on it, but they didn't have anything to match it to. And then they um, like got some gas, some videos from a gas station and saw a car and connected the things and found this old lady who owned the car in the mask. And she said, no, actually that my granddaughter borrowed the car that night. You should go talk to her. Like grandma totally threw everybody under the bus. Um, And the GBI started connecting all these dominoes. As it turns out, they went to the wrong damn house. They were supposed to kill the person next door who is a correctional officer at the prison that the one guy is in and the other guy was in until October of last year. And um, they killed the wrong man. And all of this was over the fact that the agent or the correctional officer they had planned to kill was an aggressive officer when it came to contraband. And 
all of this was communicated and planned via a cell phone that the inmate had in prison. And it was it, the GBI said that it's this multi-million dollar contraband ring that goes like way beyond anything else um, that we've seen in the media. And it's part of why the DOJ is probing the prisons right now. Um, if you heard that news in the last 10 days, but it is like, and they also connected it to another murder like this, but they were telling, they testified, he test the agent testified that it's not just tobacco, alcohol, and like drugs anymore. Designer clothing, chargers, um, cell phones, weapons, actual cash, like tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars running through the prison in Glenville all the time. Wow. In when they when the agent was testifying, I mean, of course, it's so quiet, but like when they said they went to the wrong house, it it was like in the movies where everyone's like, because <gasps> you're like, really? Like, like you could hear people gasping because this 88 year old man is dead because first of all, these criminals are idiots and went to the right. wrong house. And and not that I would want them to carry it, but like I I'm glad I I'm glad the other guy's alive. I'm it's like I, I wish nobody had died, of course, but like you're idiots if you you can't even you don't even make sure you're at the right house, right? And he was this other guy's guard for a couple for a period of time, so he knew what he looked like, and of course because I like to connect dots, I figured out who the guard was. Um, they haven't released that information, but. You know, I was like, I let me handle this. I figured out who it is. <laughs> they're like 60 years apart in age. Like there's no, I mean, there is no, it, there's no possibility, but right. And they, it was just, I, it, that was just one of those things where they were so tunnel visioned on, we're going to go inside mm-hmm. and kill the guy that's in here that shot him with a 22 rifle and he was still in bed. And like I said, it's tied to another murder in Wayne County and um, they haven't really like detailed how it's connected, but there's a father of three who was sleeping in bed with one of his um, children and they storm um, supposedly like stormed in and um, threw the kid off of him on and onto the floor and and blew him away. Wow. Over prison contraband. So, so it begs the question to me of like, <laughs> right. I have so many questions right now. Well, and one of them is, um, when are we going to talk about the warden? <laughs> right. Because I mean, GDC moves wardens around. Like most of us change underwear. Probably. I mean, they, there's so much turnover. Like, I don't know that anybody, but there's no way you don't know this kind of thing is is happening and designer clothes being smuggled in and out of the prison um please tell me that a gucci something or a louis vuitton something doesn't look out of place with the orange jumpsuits right <laughs> and the crocs like so they're supposed to be like nike lucrative is that's got to be a like it's got to be a business so they if it's- they reportedly paid the female one of the females the driver three thousand dollars to do this and they pay the other guy an undisclosed amount but my understanding is that like 
like tens of thousands of dollars a month. And it's all done through Cash App. And then they, I, I don't, I don't, I'm speculating here. I don't know what, like, there's actual cash too. And I don't know if it's like being laundered or I don't know if they're printing it in there or what, but they're, it's actual cash. And then they use cash apps too. But like somebody's running it, obviously. I mean, is this like, for sure. Is this like a mob type business or cartels or? So I've said since I moved down here, because I tried to look into, I started looking into the Georgia Department of Corrections several years ago because. I remember that. The violence. I I was baffled by the inmate on inmate violence and the inmate on guard violence. And and that's one of the reasons why you can't find good people. You can't they don't pay them enough and then it's so damn dangerous. Like what's the point? So y- you have people who are willing to be part of whatever it is just to, you know, I I, I don't know, not get killed and to make a li- a, a living wage. But when I was investigating and I found all these open records and stuff, I mean, there's three prisons in Tattano County alone, and it's not that big of a county. So many people locally work there um, or have worked there or, you know, have pensions and stuff from the system. It, it's the livelihood of so many people. And they were ref- like, the local papers refuse to print bad things about what's happening. The community refuses to talk about it. And on the state level, they they tried to say that it was um, like they couldn't give out inmate information. So like when you have whenever you see like a press release on Facebook about an inmate dying in like Lowndes County or Valdosta prison or anywhere around the state before you can even figure out who it is, they've already taken them off the GDC database. Like they erase the record of them and they have a graveyard in Tattano County where people who are unclaimed are buried, prisoners who are buried. And right. there was all these people, all these new graves. And I'm like, so I filed an open records request on inmate on inmate violence. And they said that they couldn't release it because they couldn't give out the personal information of these people. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, they're dead. Second, if you can't give me any, like they wouldn't even give me a list of like, like John Doe one, you know, strangled. John Doe two, stabbed. Nothing. They wouldn't give me anything, and they wanted like something like twelve thousand dollars to even run the reports. And I mean, that was when I had been down here like fifteen months. I didn't have. First of all, they're still calling me a blogger. Second, I don't have fifteen thousand dollars to to dish out to the Georgia Department of Corrections and I wasn't as bold as I am now about fighting them. Right. Um, but I've said all along that it's like perfectly constructed in all these communities where there's a prison that either a community is so reliant on it that they don't want to talk about it or they can't risk, you know, the bad publicity or the people are it's too it's too dangerous for them to talk about it but right. but i do think i mean there's there's gangs and stuff and i mean it has to be it's organized crime for sure yeah like someone on the outside has to be running that for for that to be like and that's got to be 
you're not sending Surely in a somebody knows. Yeah, you're not sending <clears throat> in shanks and cell phones and cell phone chargers in an envelope. I mean, and they have a huge drone problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. My kids call it a prison pocket. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, but I mean, the drones are a huge problem. But guards bring it in. Like if you if you look at the counties that have a prison in them, you look at their jail logs. They all have at least five people. You know. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but when when you don't have three prisons and you you just have one prison in your county and not that many people work there, and you've got five of them who are either sleeping with an inmate or um, bringing in drugs, like that's kind of a big deal, right? And I don't know how you fix so, it. So can we back up now? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. How do you date an inmate? Okay, so um, well. I, I honestly I don't know because I never have. So this is all speculation. Um, but at this prison in particular, it sounds like there's not a ton of rules. So <laughs> clearly, I mean, like I'm not sure if she can just like you know go if she was going in or what. But and and then what's you know what's super? I don't know if she used to work there or not. Like not everything has come out because the woman who was in the relationship with them owned own well she did own a boutique she's about to own a whole bunch of nothing but um she, the guy who she dates is 25 and he's been in prison for armed robbery for 11 years <laughs> so he went in oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean i don't think unless they were childhood sweethearts are conjugal visits an actual thing no Okay. Not in state prison. Thank God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ugh. Like, there's just two. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. I'm still like. Mm-mm. Now, I, I, no, I knew this, this woman this one time. <laughs> I bet you did. No, no, no. Like, she was a friend of a friend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, we would all, you know, we're out hanging out, and she would get this phone call and go sit and talk. And I'm like, who the f*** is she talking? Oh, sorry, I just dropped <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Eric, I believe you. Um, but I'm like, who is she talking to? And they're like, oh, this, she's chatting with this inmate in this prison who's, you know, like he's convicted of murder. And I'm like, really? What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> and like, turns out when she got off the phone, I started giving her all kinds of hell about it. And like, she's sending him like $150 a week and talks to him every day. And when he heard my voice in the background, got all irritated about it and wanted mm. to know who I was. Yeah. Because when I you're in like, a cell, that's a great time to... to- Pull the jealousy card. To be jealous, mm-hmm. right? Well, I mean, there was nothing there. Like, my wife was present. Of course. For, for this, this stuff. But I was just beside myself. I'm like, what kind of loser like has nothing better to do than, than spend an hour every night talking to this inmate and sending him money? Like, so, <sighs> I know people... I... I 
I have a friend who significant other is in another prison in Tattnall County. They were together before, you know, like long time before. And right. she, you know, goes to, she goes for a visitation and, and all that. And, um, obviously like calls and writes letters and, <clears throat> or they, they can do emails and stuff now, a lot of them, but, um, and, and they don't have any, so I would be okay with them being allowed to work to pay for expenses like within, you know, like, but they don't pay them. It's slave labor, literally, right. that the the state gets paid or the, um, by, you know, municipalities and stuff like they contract them out and the state keeps the money. But like, we, we put people in a position where they're reliant on. This goes to both issues, like the lady who was sending money, because I'm sure I'm sure there are plenty of inmates who tell people on the outside that they love them, so they'll send them money, and they don't love them, and it's just, you know, a super toxic situation. But also, right. you, you put these people, you take away their freedoms, and I'm not saying they're not um, deserving of it, a lot, most of them are, but um, you don't give them any method to talk to the outside world because that costs money and stamps cost money and food costs like decent food costs money because they only feed them two meals a day on some of the day like just certain things like that and then you, you don't give them the opportunity to earn anything so they're either going to beg borrow or steal they're criminals right. most of them are criminals <laughs> like right they, yeah they're there for a reason Right. The ones that are in a different situation who either like have gotten their life back on track or genuinely made a, a mistake or are in there, God forbid, wrongfully convicted, like they have people on the outside sending them money because of the circumstances. But I mean, you're expecting criminals to have nothing, get nothing, and then be content with it. Right. No, no. So like, I don't know, like your friend, that's a different story. This chick like met him on Facebook and I had questions about how the hell she managed mm -hmm. to meet a dude on Facebook who was in prison. I'm like, what's he doing with Facebook in prison? But I had somebody reach out to me on a Facebook account who someone from the area, like I, I knew who it was. I didn't, the name was fake obviously on Facebook, but I was like, everyone had been talking about this when I first moved down here, everybody had been talking about him and they're like, yeah, he's in prison. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I, you know, he, Probably he definitely deserved to be there based on what I heard. And he sends me a message and was like, yeah, I like your articles. And I was like, uh, <laughs> is this, is this happening right now? Are you, is this live? Like I didn't even respond. Cause I was like, I, I'm right, now, no. now I would be like, how's the wifi in there? Like I would have all kinds of questions now, but that was like when I was super naive and, <laughs> Also terrified of the concept of an inmate. Now I'm like, yeah, I know plenty of people who are in prison or like my 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 social network has changed so much in the last <laughs> six years. Um, by the way, well, we're running long, but I'm going to end on this note because it's a funny note. You can end on whatever one you want. But and also, you know, I have to stop giving Dave a hard time about running long because look at the clock. But um, so. Right. One of the first meetings I was ever at, I met some people um, who were considerably older than me, and but they were like the same people at all the same at the meetings. They're a routine or frequent frequent flyers, I guess you could say. And one night, one of the people, 
one of the gentlemen who was um, always there was not there. And I asked, you know, if everything was okay. I asked other people if he was okay. And they said, yeah, he had something come up with family. And one of them was like, did you know he served time in prison? And I was like, no, I didn't. You know, what for? Again, this is the like 25-year-old girl from Alpharetta. Right. And the lady says, murder. And I was like, huh. And I was like, did he really do it? And she's she's like, I think so. I'm like, cool. <laughs> so I, of course, go home and Google him. It was bad. Like, it was really bad. Oh, yeah. Really bad. Like, well, yeah. Chopped up people. Oh, like it wasn't even like uh, one of those where like, <laughs> one of those yeah. kind of deserved it. It's like that story that that comes out around this time of year every year that it was like Louisiana or something like that. That dad that shot his son's yeah. kidnapper slash molester on live TV. Like nobody like even that, thought like, about it an eye. Yeah, no, I, that dude didn't go to jail. <laughs> Nor would I mean, any he, jury he, convict him. He, he died a free man of, like, cancer or something. Mm. And he, I went and looked him up. But, I, like, I look at that, like, that dude deserved that. So, For sure. Well, Not the, not the, not the guy that died, the dude that got killed. <laughs> not the guy that died, the guy that got killed. Right. Yes. Right. Well, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, we really. I think I used them all up. <laughs> you just want to know how you date an inmate. I do want to know how. You, look, so if there's any ladies out there that are stupid and and currently dating an inmate that they met after the inmate was an inmate, uh, write Jessica and explain that process because I'm really curious about it. Well, there is a um, like, well, there's several services, but. There's a prison pen pal connection website um, where you can like type in the things you like to, to talk about. And what's amazing is that some of the pictures are from inside the prison. Some of them are sketches, like someone drew their picture on paper and, and put that picture up, which and then some of them are like pictures of them at church like 10 years ago. But you can find prisoners to write online. My question is, how bored do you have to be? You know what? So I was just sitting here thinking about it, right? And in my head, I'm like, this would, this should totally be like a a, a male dominated thing, right? Like, like it's it's typical of men, like on a, nearly a genetic level, right? To want to to rescue a woman from a bad situation, right? Like we're just, we're wired that way. Men are in general, mm -hmm. right? Not always, they don't and, always do a good job of it, but they uh, sure give it a try. Right, right. Um, but that's why stories like that, like dominate, you know, across the centuries, you know, every movie that we have is, is like that. And all this, all the, all the, the, good works of literature and things like that. They all have these components to it where there's a, there's a, a, a 
a battle to be fought and a and a beauty to be won and and whatnot, right? So like, it's just a thing. But then I was like, so I'm like, why is why is there not more dudes doing this? But then I get to thinking about it and like <clears throat> speaking to the women in my life who have been in like seriously toxic relationships that they knew were bad to start with, right? They've all said, I thought I could change him. I thought I could fix him. Right? Uh And I'm like, well, okay, well, maybe now if that's the mindset, I can see where this plays out. (laughs) I don't know. You're going to fix him. You're going to fix him via. I mean, mm. right. I'm going to fix him through the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Weekly visitations. Mm-mm. No. All right. Well. All right. I guess my other closing thought question is how the hell is an inmate sitting on Facebook? Because <laughs> they have phones. My question is, who's paying the bill? These women. Well, not always. Yeah. <laughs> These that are trying to women. First of all, I am on meetaninmate.com right now, and I'm looking at the featured ladies, and there's like... Well, first, I mean, Micah is a is a female, but Jessica, Micah, Anna, Amber, Brandy, Terry, Jaisha, they're looking for men. So obviously, meetandinmate.com. Sorry, it's I'm meet there right dash now. and dash inmate.com slash ladies. <laughs> but um, Eric is going to hand our asses to us for going this long. But um, thank you for coming on the show, and I hope you enjoy your your search this evening. We'll have you back to after you write your first letter. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> writing any letters at all. Oh, look at that! Anna has a picture of a dude. That's <laughs> <laughs> from California, thirty <32? laughs> two. No, Arizona, age thirty. Oh, oh, I, I see her. <laughs> okay goodbye thank you have a great week oh by the way everybody thank you for listening um eric says thank you matt says thank you i say thank you dave says you guys ruined my show so right (laughs) have a great week later